0: listening to the Ivy Entrepreneur podcast from the Pierre L. Morissette Institute for Entrepreneurship at the Ivy Business School. In this series, Ivy Entrepreneur and Ivy faculty member Eric Janssen will anchor the session. All right, everybody, welcome to the Ivy Entrepreneur podcast. Thank you so much for making time. I know you're all running businesses and super busy, but I appreciate you making time for me. Of course. Thanks, for,
1: yeah. thanks for having us. Yeah. Great,
0: great to reunite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for the benefit of the audience, some are going to be watching the video, but a lot are going to be just listening to the audio. So, for the benefit of the audience, why don't we take a thirty seconds or a minute, and we'll allow each of you to introduce yourselves to the group? So, maybe we'll start with Natalie. Just a little bit about you, your background, and your company.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, my name is Natalie. I'm doing a dual degree with Ivy and MIT. So, I'm actually going back to Ivy in the fall. Well, virtually. And I started my company, Marlow with a couple of co-founders from Ivy. It started out from the MVP project, and it's just grown into something bigger and a lot more complicated. And so that's what I'm doing full-time now, and I'll be doing that part-time during the school year as well.
0: And what is Marlow in a few senses?
1: Marlowe is a menstrual product startup, so we have our hand in a lot of different areas, but First of all, we're starting with creating the world's first lubricated tampon. So that's been our main project right now. But overall, we're trying to create a community for women to like express their issues with the products that they currently experience and talk about problems that they have just in feminism in general. So it encompasses a lot of different things, but we're starting with product, first of all.
0: Perfect. Uh, let's go next to Chloe.
1: Yeah, so I'm Chloe.
2: I just recently graduated from Ivy um, in the HBO program, and during MVP, my co-founder Jessica and I really fell in love with our idea of Apricotten, and so Apricotten is an online bra company, and we're aiming to help tween girls with the bra shopping experience because we found that Back when we were young girls, we had trouble finding bras that fit us and that were age appropriate. And then even now, girls are still going through the same issue. And so we want to help them find bras and also feel com- uh, Comfortable and confident in their bodies when they're going through this
0: experience. Awesome. It's been cool to see this one evolve Chloe. So we'll get into it in,
3: in a little bit. Uh, next, let's go to jack all right, I'm Jack Dellenick. I just graduated Ivy as well, the HBA program. So I graduated in the virtual forum, which was weird, but uh, it's all over, which also feels weird. So I started a company with a fellow Ivy section mate of mine that I met in HBA1. He had the idea in September of HBA2 and said, hey, you know what? I have this idea, I'll do it if you do it with me. And I said, give me a few days to think about it, did some research and then came back to him in half an hour and said, I'm in. So. We started Crank Light Lager, which is a value beer company targeted towards young adults. Awesome. Lastly, let's go to Jackie.
4: Okay. Uh, same as everyone on this call also just finished or was in my HBA, but unlike everyone else on this call, I actually had no intention of starting a business, but that's what happened because I was on exchange, came back from exchange, obviously, and my job, which was supposed to start in the fall, got pushed back to 2021. So basically I had eight months on my hands and thought I don't really wanna work an office job before an office job. So I started Allura Athletics, which is a basically summer camp. So I'm offering athletic activities for kids and then workouts for teens and adults. And it really, really just came out of all the circumstances that are happening with COVID and the fact that people aren't getting outside or having nearly as much fun as they would be in any other
3: summer.
0: Cool. So big mix here. We've got Jack, you're going at it full-time. Yeah. Uh, Natalie, you are going back to school in the fall.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Jackie, this is full-time until your full-time job
2: um, yeah. starts. Question mark. Uh,
0: and Chloe, what's your plan? Is this uh, on the side?
2: Uh, it's a little complicated at the moment. It's It's like side but also kind of full-time, because um, we recently got into the Western Accelerator. So for me, it's full-time, but after the Accelerator it might be part-time, so it's, it's kind of changing plans at the
0: moment. We'll see. Sometimes these things take off and they pull you into them. So hopefully yeah. things take off and it, make, it becomes a full-time opportunity for you. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get a feel for, you. you've all started these for different reasons. Jackie, yours was sort of out of a maybe not necessity because you could have done other things, but yours was just straight up being opportunistic. This is not like you had plans to be an entrepreneur right out of school, but you ended up becoming an entrepreneur. So why not do something else that you were more comfortable with? Why start a business instead?
4: Yeah, for me, it felt a little bit safer because I do know I'm falling back on a job that's starting next year. So I felt like I have this pocket of time. Why not do something with it? Other than, you know, I could have gotten, I could have gone back to the summer job I had last year, but why would I do that if I've already done it before. So that was, that was my reasoning.
0: So do something entirely different. Jack, what about you? Did you know that you wanted to do something entrepreneurial and it was just a matter of finding the right idea or opportunity? How did you think about this?
3: Yeah. So my family are all entrepreneurs. So I was kind of in my DNA, but I was interviewing for, I was kind of sucked into the Ivy jobs, which I was interviewing for private equity consulting. I had a good private equity internship last summer and was going back there and actually had a full-time offer to a private equity firm. But then I decided once Mikey came to me with the idea of my classmate, I thought, why not dive all the way in? Because I feel like I've got to, I really want to explore it or I'll regret things if I don't.
0: Wow. So did you, you turn down some full-time job offers in order to do this? Yeah, Wow, that's a, a big gutsy call. And I know you had had some other ideas in the past, Jack, and written some business plans and done some projects for a bunch of different things.
3: So what what made you choose this one ultimately to sprint at? I think because I knew that we could rely on our network the most with this. I knew that if I was going to do something right now out of school, I'm actually in my target market, um, targeting this, this beer company with. So why not rely on that and rely on the knowledge that I've had? And your network's not going to be as strong for a young adult's beer as it is in fourth year university. So, um, I thought if I'm going to do this and do it right, I got to do it right now.
0: Cool. And Natalie, I know you're going back, but did you know, were you evaluating other opportunities or this was always the plan at least between this, you know, end of school last year and the beginning of school next year?
1: I was actually recruiting and I was supposed to work somewhere in Toronto this summer as well, but that was, kind of blew up. So because the company is just one of those companies that doesn't benefit from COVID, I feel like there's two sides. It's double-edged sword. But I also had a couple of other job offers that I've turned down as the summer went on because as it's just getting bigger and bigger, I'm realizing, okay, this could actually be something. And I've always really loved entrepreneurship and more of a non-traditional path. So it just seemed like it's the right time for me to do it right now.
0: You're all sort of like making it seem like it wasn't a hard decision for you, but you you must've had to wrestle with it a little bit more, or maybe you wrestled with it previously. I want to go to Chloe for a second because Chloe, you were in one of my classes and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not, I don't think you had picked that you wanted to be an entrepreneur when you graduated from HBA, uh, but you ended up becoming one. So what happened? What changed?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, last year when I was in your new venture creation class, like entrepreneurship was not on my mind at all i just i i love idea creation and that's one of the reasons why i took your course but the actual executing on it was not like in my mind from at all and so over the course of nvp i realized uh how impactful the issue we're trying to solve is. and mixing that with um, my co-founder, Jessica, who she absolutely loves entrepreneurship and it's she knew whatever the idea was, she wanted to go with it right away. And so combining those two things and then just kind of realizing how much I like starting things from scratch. Like, I, I probably have the longest list of hobbies out of everyone in the world because um, I love trying new things and just focusing on what I want and what, what I'm interested in. Kind of helped me realize that this is something that I really want to do, especially with COVID where things are changing so fast. Like everyone else, my plans have changed since. And just taking the time to realize what do I want to do and what do I want my career to look like that kind of helped me realize okay, maybe entre- entrepreneurship is on the table. Maybe it's something I do want to delve into. And once when I did start working on it more full time um, during the summer, it made me. Realized how much I enjoyed doing it and already seen the we haven't even started selling yet. We're starting in the fall, but just the impact we've had just from talking to girls about the issues has made me realize the impact that we can have once we do start selling. And so that's really what got me into wanting to pursue this.
0: Awesome. That's great. So this is for anybody, but I, I know that some of you had worked on this as a project. Some of you had worked on other ideas in other courses. So what ultimately made you decide that this was the idea worth pursuing full time, if only for full time for a period, uh, it's just the summer or not. So what made you choose that this
3: was the idea worth running at? I can go, I guess for me, it was just the fact that like before I could rely on my network and I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And if I had a classmate or a, a buddy doing it with me, it'd be a good time. And so I was like, you know what, this is the best time to get a real world MBA. And this idea is something that I feel like I could get going while I'm at school. So I wanted to do something on the side, keep it on a back burner, and then once I graduated, then it was, I think we actually have something here, and it's starting to take off a little bit. Let's go full tilt for at least a few months, and then reset and see. You know what was those three months? Were those three months really productive? Did we see growth? Keep going, and if we do, let's keep going. And so we have those sort of check-ins every so often with each other, saying, is this something we want to keep doing? Do we want to keep doing? And I remember. Like throughout the school year, we would look at each other saying like, are we going to do this? Like, are you still interviewing for other jobs? And it would be like, yeah, I sort of am, but I kind of don't want to get them. And then we were like, you know what, if we're saying that, then why don't we just try?
0: So Jack, but you, you had, there were other ideas that frankly were viable that I know you were working on. Yeah. And this one more than others, was it your partner that drew you in to this one particularly? Or was it just, we want to find the one that can let us use our network the most. We know the customers the best, like what pulled you in and made you push all the other ideas that you had actually
3: worked on a side? Yeah, I think it was a little bit of both. Like we, I, I saw the product and I could actually tangibly put my, wrap my head around the idea of, I could see the next few steps down the road. Whereas with the other ones, that's a little harder to see if you don't exactly know your target market as well as you know your target market when you are your target market. I feel like I'm saying that a lot, but yeah. that's how it felt. And then uh, we actually had a real pitch deck made. And then for your class, I did a project for this, the, the sales playbook. And then I took that and I went to a possible customer and made a sale. And then I was like, okay, wow, this is, this is kind of going, and I'm still in class. Why, why would I say no?
0: Awesome. So you had, you had traction on it while you were still, before you graduated even.
3: Yeah. So we, our initial launch would have been March of uh, HBA two. And we actually had the beer and everything made the day before our first sale. And the, the company was incorporated in January, January. So it was going towards the second semester of HBA 2 Awesome. Awesome.
0: So Jackie, you're selling Jackie, you've got customers. So obviously you're, you had to put things out there. How, what was the first thing you did? How did you get this? How did you get your fitness business going?
4: Yeah. So For me, I actually just wanted to learn how to make a website. Like, I probably did not need a website, but I really had this idea that if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna learn how to do it anyways. So I did that and I'd say maybe like a quarter of my customers have come from that website, but most of them have actually come from posting in Facebook groups. Hmm. So managing to get accepted into all these different parent groups on Facebook, So I guess like the learning experience for me there was that you can spend hours doing something that maybe at the back of your head, you don't, you know, is not necessary, but I'd say I gained way more out of learning how to build that website. than I did just like posting a few things. So
0: Hmm.
4: it's about the customers, but I also think it's about learning a couple skills along the way.
0: Cool. So you're like the first thing you did was build the website or did you yeah, have customers before that
4: not so when you're talking about not knowing what idea to do like i actually it was not until i had a whole sign made and it said Alora at the top but i didn't know if i was going to make it athletics or at one point i was like maybe i'll make masks like i really had no idea and then one day i was like okay enough and then i like wrote it in with sharpie athletics at the bottom and so that was the first thing i did i made this sign and i went and sat outside and like just talked to people then the second thing i did was make the website
0: cool cool what a forcing function like i think yours because there's such limited time right before you start full-time it's like i just need to go at something
4: yeah and it felt like the day i made a decision about something some new information would come out like Mm -hmm. the day i decided to do this more summer camp thing came on the news that summer camps in Toronto are allowed to open again. So it was like, oh, okay, I should maybe (laughs) reevaluate.
0: Yeah. So how are things going with, uh, go with you, Jackie? How are things going with the business?
4: They're good. I mean, I'm basically busy every day of the week, but I go, I've sort of put a a lock on it, that I go away on the weekends. But I, for me, I've had parents ask like if they can continue this into the fall. So right now I'm actually looking into actually hiring people to help with this. Cause I don't have enough hours on my own and then seeing how I can keep doing this once it gets a bit colder outside. So that's sort of the next step for me.
0: Cool. And Jack, I know your product is live. It's selling.
3: I haven't sampled it yet, but how are things going on your end? Well, our whole business model was to sell wholesale to buyers and events at universities, and that first sale I talked about, half hour before we were paid, the event was canceled and COVID hit and the earth sort of stood still. So it was like a big shock because our whole business plan was just flipped on its head the day, once we saw it succeed, then the next day it was just taken away. So we're selling, but we had to change the entire way, that magical word of pivot, we had to pivot and change the entire way and sort of organization of our company and how we were gonna sell. So we're selling, we've sold, 20,000 beers, we just picked up another 20,000 and we have another 80,000 lined up in production for September. But again, like news comes out where things are opening and you sort of start planning to look ahead and then all of a sudden that's taken away or you have to push a different direction. And so we found that our long-term business plan was only like two months long <laughs> at the yeah. beginning because we were like, we have no idea how this is gonna happen. We had to plan for plan A, B, C, D, all the way down to like H.
0: Yeah. So covid has caused a bunch of disruption it sounds like jackie you literally wouldn't have a business without covid 19. jack this was not plan a for you guys given that your first order got pulled as soon as things started to close down for natalie and chloe you actually have product-based businesses so how has covid changed your plans if at all
2: we were really lucky for ours because um one of the biggest feedback for us is that because um, we're an online bra store so a lot of feedback was, oh, how are they gonna try it on? You know, Why would someone wanna buy something online if it's something that you usually have to get measured for? And so with COVID, a lot of people are shopping online now, of course, and um, even now that we're starting to open up stores, at least in Ontario, you still can't try things on. And so I've noticed a lot, a lot more online bra sales, which the way that um, people used to shop was always in store and because more people are willing to buy online now that's going to help us a lot and so in that sense we've had kind of a positive we've we've had the positive side of covid of course we've also had negatives like manufacturing has been a huge issue since a lot of companies are either closed at the moment or they've transitioned to making masks Mm -hmm. and so trying to find a manufacturer is difficult there's been a lot of shipping issues but i think as a company, we've been pretty lucky where COVID has positively impacted us, which I think, you know, we're one of the very few lucky ones who have benefited from it.
0: Yeah. So that's cool. More and more people will be or have been purchasing online. So they're getting more and more comfortable with it. But right now, do, do you have the product already?
2: Uh, yeah. So we we're, right now we're doing sampling. So we've been doing a lot of testing at the moment. I would say that that was also the other big impact we've had is trying to have Girls try on the bras, and you know we we're trying to do it in a way that um, limits the exposure to different people and everything. But trying to get feedback and trying to have these girls try on bras um, to get you know fit measurements and other types of feedback has been really difficult for us because trying to do that while uh, not having to um, limit the exposure to different people that's
0: been very difficult for us. Yeah. Yeah, what about you folks, Natalie?
1: So we've benefited in some ways, but it's also been hard for us in some other ways. So the way was the ways that we've benefited were, so our team is really big. We have six founders because,
2: wow.
1: yeah, so we were all in our MVP project. We all just really love the idea, so we continue with it. So each of us have had a lot of free time to get the ball rolling and to take on the parts of the businesses that we want and try out different roles and we have some people working 40 hours a week which is amazing and then we also have some volunteers who just have free time friends or even strangers from the internet who really liked what we were doing we have about six volunteers working on things like creating content and product engineering and lots of things like that so we have definitely benefited from lots of people having downtime but then also Trying to produce a medical device during this pandemic is very difficult because Health Canada is prioritizing getting those treatments to market and any licensing applications for COVID-19. So we've had a really hard time just being in communication with Health Canada because pretty much every other like medical device on the market is just getting uh, a little bit ignored right now. Yeah, so that, That's been difficult. Uh, and then same with manufacturing. It's exactly what everyone else is saying, Um, like what Chloe was saying with manufacturers are changing into hand sanitizer factories or mask factories. So it's been a little bit hard for us to to find manufacturers as well, but we're still going.
0: So how do you deal with that? I think that was uh, one of the questions that we got some questions in advance from students and one of the big questions was specifically for your two businesses how are you dealing with the supply chain issues or the manufacturing issues
2: yeah so we struggled i mean i think you know anyone trying to find a manufacturer whether it's COVID or not it's very difficult but we really struggled with finding we we first started our search in canada and we found canada especially it was everyone was transitioning over to masks so that was really difficult for us and then we started to kind of expand our horizons and we started looking into other countries and to be honest i think one of the big ways that we found a manufacturer was just through timing once when we started looking into china for example that's when their COVID restrictions were starting to lift Mm. and so it helped us a lot with finding a manufacturer and i think if we had you know tried a little bit earlier to expand our horizons we still would have been unlucky So I do think it's just a timing issue as well as patience. It took us months to find a manufacturer. And I think, again, whether it's due to COVID or not, I think it'll just take a long time and you just have to keep looking for people and looking for new manufacturers
0: yeah inevitably i don't want to say distracted but people would have been prioritizing masks at the beginning of it right Mm -hmm. and now i i think it seems like the shipping times on masks are really coming down like i'm able to get them faster than you were originally so they've probably streamlined that And it seems like it's definitely not back to business as usual but people are now starting to take on different types of customers again so maybe that that's what's opening up for you chloe and you natalie your teams how far away are you from actually getting live with a product for Marlowe, Natalie?
1: It's really hard to say. We're still waiting on some emails from Health Canada, but it it just like it depends on some licensing issues that we've been having and some manufacturers getting back to us. So it's hard to say right now, but I'll let you know as soon as I know.
0: So how do you build, uh, is the focus now then like education and building anticipation? What, What are you doing now before you can actually sell?
1: So that's what a lot of investors have been asking for. Like whenever we've had pitches or just general meetings with investors, a lot of them seem really interested in the idea and in our business model, but then they say, we need more like market validation we need more research and we need more proof that people actually want this so what we've been doing is the education aspect we've also made a tiktok it's been pretty successful recently we're just trying to like get the word out about our brand and not even just in canada we're trying to do it internationally because we want this to be like a worldwide brand so yeah exactly we're we're trying to educate we're trying to get as many people on our mailing list as possible to prove that there's demand for the product
0: Cool. And uh, Chloe, again, you're not, you're not selling, but you're sort of in testing in pilot mode. Are you still, are you collecting email addresses and building that launch list? What are your, what's your focus?
2: Yeah, right now we're just trying to get the product right. So right now we're doing a lot of stuff on like the uh, more product development side of just getting our samples made. We, we just received our first batch of samples. So we've been doing a lot of testing there and not only is that helping us with getting feedback on the actual product, but it's also getting interest within the community. So right now we're starting smaller in Toronto and through all the sampling, we've realized there's you know a huge demand for it as and it's also helping us with more of our marketing strategy as well. We haven't we haven't done the same thing as Natalie yet. We haven't really started on the social media or, or website side yet. But you know, even just asking One girl to try on a sample. She goes and talks to her friends, they get all excited and then it kind of starts this chain of people. And now we've had parents asking us if You know if they if their girls can try it on and things like that. And so right now we're building interest, but more from a local standpoint, just so we can get the feedback and get the product right first before we actually start
0: Cool. So this is scary, right? Scary times, like not knowing what's going to happen. Uh, even scarier if you add on starting a business, Probably, I think for most of you for the first time. So what were your biggest fears in getting started? We'll come back to maybe Jackie, because this was not, not plan A, or maybe not even plan B. So what were your biggest fears in getting this going?
4: Yeah, for me, so I've always known that i wanted to start my own company, but I wasn't really planning on doing it until, I don't know, maybe two years out. Which is what a lot of Ivy grads end up doing. They work for a couple years and then they go do something. So for me, I seem to have this idea at the beginning that whatever you do now will somehow impact any other business you want to ever make. So I think what some young people feel is that one job to the next, your reputation really, really carries over. So I guess I had, I was just nervous, like if something, goes wrong or maybe the website's really bad or like the instagram account's lame or something like that that it would sort of set up a reputation for you for the next thing you want to do Hmm. which i realize now is probably really irrational and was maybe a, a way of me trying to not start something but yeah i think that's something a lot of people feel regardless of if it's like a smaller company more summer thing like what i'm doing or if it's an actual big company with thousands of customers.
0: Yeah. What about you, Jack? The courage to admit, what was freaking you out about uh, getting this thing going? Oh, we didn't really know
3: anything about beer. <laughs> like, <laughs> we, we didn't know how to make it. We didn't know what goes into beer, the cost, where to source anything. And then also like, how are we going to pay for that? Like we're in school right now. I need to pay for groceries, hit that 10% discount on Tuesdays. Like that's what, that was our life. And then, all of a sudden we're thinking I've got to put in all this money to start a beer company and I don't even know beer so those were two big hurdles but then we work with Equals which is a contract brewing manufacturer in London so we were actually going there uh, in between classes um, and they helped us build a recipe so they were great in supporting us and letting us holding our hands to the process and then with funding we sort of had to forget the little things like we realized that all like at the beginning You're going to have to obviously go into your bank account, go to the bank of mom and dad, go to family, friends, pools, whatever, and try to get what you can. And that's what we did. And then we realized, you know what, like if this fails, our family is not going to let us go homeless, hopefully. So we had to get over that, that, that fear of failure that, you know what, we're not going to end up on the streets or we're not going to end up bankrupt, even though we could, we had to forget about that. Like we have to think about how to make a beer right now.
0: Yeah. It's like you thought through what is the absolute worst case scenario here? And it's probably not that you're going to be on the street, you know, someone the mom and dad will probably let you crash on the couch until you figure out how to land on your feet
3: afterwards. Yeah. That's definitely not the best scenario, but they have a comfy couch. So that was a good.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. What's the end goal for this? I'm going to start with Jackie because Jackie, you're only doing this for as long as you can, I guess. So what's the end goal?
4: Yeah. For me, To be honest like this might sound a bit shallow but like this was just about making some money for me like i was supposed to be having an income come september and it's like okay well we got bills to pay so i'm gonna do something so when you asked earlier you sent us like what does success look like for me i wanted to make more than i did in my banking job last summer so i basically just wanted to sort of prove to myself that you don't need to Take the more certain path. Like I'm sure Jack can attest to this. Like you don't need to do the banking job, and that's not necessarily the most lucrative path. And sort of just prove to myself for the coming for the coming years. Next time I want to take a shot at this, that it's okay if it doesn't seem like it's going to be very successful from the beginning.
0: So, did you have you accomplished that, or are you on track to?
4: I did three weeks ago, which is pretty because there's still a month left to summer. So I was actually very surprised
0: at that. Wow. that cool. That's there's some comfort in knowing I, when my wife was between HBA1 and HBA2 she started a college pro franchise and worked her butt off and did ended up doing really well that summer. And I think that confidence of knowing that like in a worst case scenario I can fend for myself. You know, in a worst case scenario if things don't work out for me in all other ways I could start my own painting company, go door to door and sell and do just fine. So hopefully you've got your confidence built up that like in a worst case scenario, Allura Fitness is a fallback plan. You'll probably have a pretty okay life doing just that.
4: Yeah. I think that's something good to know for like anyone watching this, that as much as the consulting banking path, and I know I'm a bit of a hypocrite right now because that's what I'm doing next year, but you know, you don't have to do that. Even though it looks like this, awesome awesome path
0: yeah or you could do both do one on the side do do one for the summer and then uh and then start the other what about uh we'll go to chloe chloe what do you ultimately want out of this
2: yeah so because this is an idea that i've had since i was like 12 for me it's a huge deal to make an actual impact on these girls and see how their their confidence changes and so one of the big things that i want just from I guess more of a business perspective is I really want to become a household name. I want to be, I want Apricon to be considered like the tween bra brand or just the tween apparel brand. Almost like how, you know, everyone at the moment when they think of Victoria's or when they think of bras, they think of Victoria's Secret. I want to be that, but for tweens. And I know it's a big goal, but I think, you know, since last year when we first started working on on um, this concept. I think I remember we said our financials and it was like quite small and then um, I remember you telling us, you know, think bigger, think what can it be if it could be 10 times what you just said and like realizing how important this idea is to me and the impact that I want to make, I need to think bigger to be able to actually reach that goal of being able to impact, you know, girls across Canada, girls across North America, and even across the world.
0: Awesome. That's great that I I remember that meeting. So that's great. I love the vision. Uh, Natalie, what's the, what's the goal with Marlo?
1: I think our company goal would be for people to use this that don't think they need it because we've we've sent out a couple of MVPs, we've sent out actually over hundred minimum viable products now. And a lot of the feedback we've been getting is like, I didn't even know I need this, but now I ten times out of ten I would use this if it was on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And I think we just want to get people to realize that like this is actually an awesome product and we all believe in it and we all need it. And we think there are many people out there who need it too. So just I guess getting people who don't necessarily have a medical condition that think they have a problem that need to use this, but more just making it again, like a household name, something that people are comfortable talking about and something that isn't unusual to use. And then, personally, what I want out of Marlowe is just to try on every hat. So, I never thought I would be like doing the regulatory stuff, but now I'm just reading like. Tons of health Canada documents legal terms that I didn't understand a month ago. And, you know, we have pitches with investors, which is also a huge, exciting part of the business. And then the social media aspect, like you kind of just, you're able to take part in every single part of the business and learning from each of those experiences is my goal.
0: So do you have any how big do you want this to be is this a international business you know hundreds of employees is this a focus on canada lifestyle type business what do you want it to be
1: I don't think i want it to just be focused on canada we're thinking global and international sales it just gets a little bit hard with regulations but it's nothing we can't figure out so we're hoping for it to be international but we also really like the really close team that we have and if we can keep it a smaller team with international sales, that would probably be ideal for us.
0: Cool. Finally, Jack, what's the goal for maybe I know crank light is one, but is there, is there goals for a bigger portfolio or is it you just want to own it with the one product?
3: Yeah. So we definitely want to get crank light up and running, um, and have a strong community of crankers what we call our followers community of crankers to follow us and support our brand. And then hopefully the crank umbrella, can have uh, some like vodka sodas or other simple drinks we want to focus on simplicity keep it clean like our whole we're a little anti-craft as a craft beer like we hate when people th- say oh this has got hints of honey and oh and, you know, no like it's a beer and we want to make sure that continues across the line of beverage products that we would offer but for us we want to focus on canada and focus on ontario first and really pick out where we think we can succeed before we go there because it is hyper focused like we want to make sure that we don't get distracted with looking into the States because it's such a big market, especially for beer drinkers. But we know that that's not somewhere where we could jump into right away and do well. There's so much competition, even as a good beer industry as a whole, it's huge. So we just want to make sure that we build up some followers and actually create a community around our product before we add others and then stay hyper-focused on that young adults in Canada because we're a beer made by young Canadians for young Canadians.
0: Is there for you folks, a size goal ultimately? Is this 20 brands? Is it two and just
3: really own them? How big do you want this thing to be? Yeah, I think it would be honestly like two, two or three uh, and, and stay hyper-focused on that because we find that beer is a is a very loyal product. Your customers are completely loyal to their beer. And as soon as they start seeing that, oh, Crank's now offering uh, canned mimosa or like something different, they might go, oh, okay, I'm not sure if I'm fully jumping in on the beer side of things. If we do that a few years down the line, then maybe we can actually start building up a secondary market for us.
0: Got it. So um, I have a few more and then we'll wrap up, but if knowing what you know now about COVID-19, is there anything that you would have done differently, say three or four months ago when we were just entering into this period? And uh, we could start with, you know, Chloe, where were you call it three or four months ago? And is there anything now that you would have done differently?
2: yeah i it's a hard question because for me three months ago i was in you know not the best situation because a lot of my plans had changed and so i think a lot of that stuff was out of my control and you know it took a toll mentally on me and i think that affected how how much work i put into the company early on so of course i'd love to say you know i from the get-go i wish i'd been a bit more motivated i wish i'd started earlier but realistically I don't think I would have changed anything because I think I needed some time for myself to, you know, just think to myself, what am I actually interested? What do I really want? So I think what I did back then was actually right. Even though, you know, it caused some issues now where now we have some shipping delays and some things are a little bit different, but I think I did the right thing for myself and I think over time that'll be what's best for the company as well.
0: Okay. Jackie, you're how many months in now?
2: I started in end of June. No, middle.
4: I don't even remember to be honest, what day sure it's a bit of a blur. Two June. or three months in.
0: Okay. Anything you have learned in your two and a half months in that you would have you do differently either if you could start again or your next time around?
4: I wouldn't say anything during. I'd say beforehand. Like for me, I definitely spent like I spent a good two weeks being kind of upset about like coming home from exchange or just, I wasn't even planning on being in Canada this year at all. So if I could, I would go back and sort of just tell yourself to roll with the punches a little bit more and not get so hung up on, like COVID sucked for everyone in some way or another, but it was also an opportunity to do something really cool and really different. So just focusing a bit more on the positives not even for business, just like in life right now. I think that's sort of key to staying afloat these days.
3: Cool.
0: Natalie, anything that you would have done differently knowing what you know now about COVID?
1: I think that we would have spent less time strategizing and like writing down a hundred ideas and planning and just spent more time doing the work and actually like putting action into our ideas because especially during COVID, it's so easy to sit at home all day and have meetings with your founders and say like, okay, and then we're going to do, do, do this. And then we're going to do this. And then once this happens, this will be our next plan, but it's easy to just ignore the hard decisions and putting money down where like putting money where your mouth is. So I think we would have just moved a little bit faster. And one of our EIRs from NVP he always tells us like take your timeline and squish it down and then half it again and then half it again. And doing that, I think would have saved us a lot of time.
0: Less talk more action. Exactly. Yeah. Jack, what about you and your team?
3: I don't think so. I, like, I honestly don't think we're going to change anything. Like I, our startup was probably hit in terms of timing and business model harder than any other startup I would know. And that still wouldn't change. Starting this business, or, or how we started it, because we didn't know. You can't really plan for a pandemic, but how we handled it, I was super impressed with us. And uh, like we we had ten thousand beers that we were selling, and that sale was going to pay for the ten thousand beers, and we lost it half an hour before we got it. So we had like twenty four hours to find twelve grand, and that story in itself is an origin story of housing ten. Like we didn't have storage; we were taking it right there. Now we had a store in our basements of our university homes. Like that's not a safe place if you're living with certain guys in London. So I think that story and, and knowing that we could have the, one of the biggest curveballs thrown at you and then being able to bounce back and keep moving, I think taught us so much and just gave us some resilience. So I think as a couple of co-founders, we felt pretty good. Now looking back at the time, we were like, this is terrible. Why are we doing this? Let's just like hide in our beds and like knock it out. But <laughs> now it's like, you know what, we can do this. And people have rallied around, so we feel good.
0: Awesome. Last one before we let you go. Um, advice to your self, call it whatever, six months ago, you know, so you're sort of before you made the decision to go at your businesses full time, or for some of you, uh, full time for a period of time. Any advice that you'd give your six month ago self or the, you know, fourth year university students that are just heading into their final year and maybe making, trying to make the decision of whether or not it's worth starting a business full time, part time? anything related to entrepreneurship, but we can start with whomever would like to step up.
1: It's a hard question. (laughs) Um, I think for
2: me, I would just say, listen to yourself. I find that just my personality, I really like to ask for advice and feedback, which I mean, is completely normal and I think is good. But I think sometimes I know the answer to my own questions and I still go out for that advice. So I think if I was talking to myself prior to um, actually fully launching into this venture, I would just say, listen to yourself, listen to what you actually want. And you know, anything that happens during that, you'll figure it out because that's exactly what happened. And I figured everything out. So, so yeah, I think I would just need, need that advice six months earlier.
0: Cool. Jackie?
4: Yeah, I'd say you don't need to reinvent the wheel to start a business. And it might be different for those who are doing this like full time out of university. But for me at least, like I just saw a hole in a market. I saw hundreds of people just in my neighborhood alone who, whose kids were like seriously, seriously sad about the summer and not getting any exercise whatsoever. I did not reinvent the wheel. I basically made a summer camp customized to a pandemic. and you don't really need to have some crazy idea to start a company.
0: Cool.
3: Jack? I'd say uh, don't ever think or wait for what you think is like the right time because that time will rarely if ever come. And then if you think about starting a business or doing any decision in life later, rarely that ever becomes a reality. So I think we just jumped in and thought, why not try something? Because if you start stressing about, when you're gonna make that decision, all of a sudden it becomes a negative in your life. And in the end, I did this because it was a positive and I thought it was better than all the other alternatives. And it might not have been absolutely perfect, but you can make perfect any way you want it to be. So I think just jumping in when you think you can do it, but there's not gonna be a right time, so don't wait for it. That's great. And Natalie.
1: I think I would say, once you decide what you want to do, or once you have a good idea of what you want to do for your business, or even just for your goals in general, like don't be afraid to push really hard because there are lots of people out there who want to help. There are lots of people who just want to give back because they've been helped by other people in their life. And once we started looking hard and talking to people, it seemed like there's this whole universe out there of people who just want you to succeed. So don't be afraid to like push for what you want and use those resources around you to help you get where you want to be.
0: Cool. Good advice. So, and last one before we sign off, Natalie, uh, where can people find you? Or if you could have any ask of the audience, how can the audience help Marlo?
1: That would be great. You can follow our Instagram. It's at we wearemarlo. Our website is wearemarlo.com. And if you can sign up for our email list, if you want to hear our product updates and when we're actually going to be coming to market, that'd be great too. And then our TikTok, if you're interested in some funny videos, is tampon Tamp Entrepreneurs. So
0: that's a good one too. Great. Jack, how
3: can the audience help you? Where, where do we find Crank? So right now we're selling through various distribution methods through bars and restaurants, delivery in the GTA, but also we're going in the beer store August 10th, which is huge for us. So look out for that and, and head to the beer store. And if you don't want to go to the beer store, order online and you can maybe see me at your door with a case of beer. That's not so bad, but yeah, cranklight.com. That's us.
0: I will be taking you up on that offer. Jackie, how can the audience help you? Where do they, where do they find Allura Athletics?
4: be honest, I am completely booked until mid-September, but depending how things go with me, I might continue it into the fall. My website
2: is alloraathletics.com with two L's.
0: allora athletics.com. And Chloe, how can we help you?
2: Yeah, so you can go follow us on Instagram, um, Facebook, or TikTok. It's at Girls. We haven't posted anything yet, but if you go follow us, you'll know when we actually launch, which will be in the fall, which is really exciting.
0: Great. Well, hey, like I said, I, I, I know that all of us are in not even plan B, maybe not even plan C at this point. I was not planning to be teaching fully online this fall. Uh, I would have much rather done this interview in person with all of you, but uh, I think we're trying to, make, trying to make the boulders our blessings here. So I really appreciate the effort that you folks are putting in. So cool to hear your stories about starting businesses in a pandemic and just to really appreciate the time and kudos to you all for sticking your neck out and actually doing the hard thing.
3: Thanks, Eric. Thanks for having us. Of course. Thank you. You've been listening to the Ivy Entrepreneur Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show
0: in your favorite podcast player or visit ivy.ca forward slash entrepreneurship. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.